0: Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, uh, in which uh, I today am delighted to have Jeff Coyle. Um today today i'm I'm here with Mark, my co-host um, and we are gonna have an interview with Jeff that i'm which I'm looking forward to because I've heard a lot about you about the company. Um, we're gonna talk content, AI, uh, SEO, so all kinds of Martech stuff. Um, but first of all, Jeff, can you tell the audience a little bit more about your background and how you came to to found um, the market news the company you currently Are the co-founder and and chief product officer for
1: well fun adjustment there i'm actually the chief strategy officer and i'll track back and what that means and all that stuff but it's a recent uh thing so it's not maybe something that you could have known um so i'm jeff Coyle. i'm the co-founder and chief strategy officer for market muse Um, and market muse is a content intelligence platform that sets the standard for content quality and when i say that is because we're trying to evaluate content and say whether it's written from the lens of, you know, that which a subject matter expert would have written. It. Um, So content comprehensiveness, content quality, what does it mean to be an expert on a topic and how would one represent themselves as an expert with their content, not just at the page level, but at the site section level, the site level. And then when we're working with large publishers, the entire network, um, my background, um, I went to uh, Georgia Tech for computer science in the late nineties. Started uh, with my first startup in 2000. Uh, So I've been in the search engine uh, optimization, content strategy, lead gen space, now about 22 years or more, as scary as that sounds. Um, We were acquired by, we were a lead generation company. We were trying to convince B2B tech companies to put content on the internet, like scan it in brochures, like before they even had- Those were the days. (laughs) Yeah, before they even had content, right? And we were generating leads like millions a month, um, right? With our content syndication networks. We were acquired in 2007 by a company called TechTarget. If your audience is familiar with them, they're a large publisher. Um, I ran in-house for them for almost eight years. Um, And the cool part about that part of the story is that I got to work with a lot of great writers and subject matter experts and editorial leads. Um, And that's what really set my, my, my brain into motion about the fact that a lot of these editorial processes um, demand gen processes, you know, quote unquote SEO content, which is a a vocabulary word that makes me kind of wretch and sick, uh, don't work very well. They're inefficient, they're manual, they're subjective. Um, so took a lot of these manual processes and found my co-founder who had already started automating some of them. Um, and we're gonna talk about some of them today with, you know, us a bit able to evaluate a content item and say whether it's written comprehensively. Um, looking at that at an entire site level and identifying strengths and weaknesses and gaps and opportunities and everything in between. And that was now about, uh, gosh, uh, September, October will be uh, six years full-time. Um, and so we've grown, we're now really the market leader. We created the category for content intelligence and content strategy. Um, and yeah, some days it feels like uh, the throttle's wide open and uh, we're just, rolling
0: <laughs> cool cool so you're you're a veteran in in content and seO right. um what has have been the most spectacular developments that you have seen back from let's say 20 years ago up to 2021
1: well that's a great question um i would say the most recent and I, I can add a little bit more color i think the most exciting and i'll go backwards in time um is the rise of obviously the influence of machine learning on um, you know how search engines display results uh, and their ab- the ability to create kind of this massive multi-layered uh, approach to presenting results has really been and this is not something new. It's been you know these fundamentals of math have been in here for fifteen plus years. Um, But very recently, what I feel like the biggest move is the transition away from kind of specific fundamentals and towards expertise and authoritativeness uh, as driving the bus. Um, This is going to be so critical because of the other thing that we're seeing in content, which is advanced natural language processing and natural language generation capabilities um, that are being, you know, enabled by for one-person shops as well as large publishers. Um, and the teams that are, you know, taking those things, you know, using those things responsibly and using them as amplifiers for them, themselves instead of thinking it's a shortcut are already crushing it. Um, so I think that in this game, those are two things that I see as being a big deal. You know, it all started with, you know, the initial quality updates, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Panda update, yeah, which we all remember where we were. I was on vacation in New Zealand at the time um, sitting at a, sitting at a coffee shop with my buddy, Nathaniel. And he was also, he's also an SEO and um, we looked at each other. We're like, Whoa, things changed. Good thing. We were ahead of this. <laughs> I mean, basically we were, we've yeah. been talking about it for three years and, you know, kind of, we were the only person on the top of the mountain yelling about quality. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, but then even really far back, you look at, you know, Google's transition, to really focus on um you know focus on not being one track and not not being really basic uh with their systems i think that's really the the story because then you know if it was something that is really easy to unravel then you know it, it wouldn't you wouldn't be providing great results for users um i wrote the, about this recently um but i think that the most recent shifts are really a big maturity leap for Google because they're thinking about every user and every user experience with the search engine as like this remarkable event instead of it being just like part of a pool of data. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're really trying to give the user the experience that um, is best for them. And that has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with you, Mark. It has nothing to do with anybody. It's really about them trying to do that Um, and the more technology that they enable the better closer they can get to that now does some of that involve ads and things yeah it does but you know we'll get we can probably get through that Uh, but yeah those are the things that I've seen that have been really significant
0: and and those are some some great let's say developments and trends that you pointed out there so would it be fair to say that the old seo like the first seo efforts that people were trying to do were more like tricks of basically tricking out google be more inventive than your competitors hide words in your meta tags etc meta tags all that kind of stuff it would be a trick whereas google now developed towards a more let's say humanized approach where google thinks almost like a human um, and if you want to be an authority, you actually need to be an authority. You don't. You shouldn't trick to be an authority. You, you can't mislead Google as easy as you could, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really
1: great... I, I think the, there was always people ahead of the game who were thinking critically about how to represent their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I like to think about it is there's people that run businesses and have content. There's people that run websites and have content. And there's people that are trying to, you know get ahead without caring about the brands that they represent. Um, and so what you've seen over time is that those things have to converge. People that really care about their portfolios or websites, people that really care about their brand, you can't afford to do something that is unethical. You can't mm-hmm. afford to do something that's a trick. Whereas the early days, there was a lot of like gray areas where people were even for major entities, they thought that this was the way to get ahead. You know, famously the BMW landing page example. Yeah. Um, You know, the, there's so many, I mean, God, I just aged myself 16 (laughs) years on that one. Um, But you know, there's, there's so many of these one-off examples where, you know, trust in your agency, trust in your in-house that they're not just doing things that are wacky. You know, you mentioned hiding text, but I mean, there's, there's a, you know, the, the rise and fall of the PBN, uh, the private blog network uh, for, mm-hmm. for link sculpting. Um, you know, now there's another wave of private blog network sculpting happening that isn't being managed and monitored um, because of advanced technologies. And they, but if you're involved in that, you're going to die. It's going to the, the, the sort of Damocles is going to get you. Um, and, you know, it, I, I don't play that game and I never have. And it's one of those things where, you know, that's where longevity comes from and the, the, the biggest pain point and you still see it. I mean, even yesterday on Twitter, SEO Twitter, which is like halfway from uh, heaven and hell, I don't know which, which part it is. <laughs> but, um But even, even yesterday, I read, and no, I read a pl- post from someone saying basically like touting themselves as being, you know, You don't have to have been in SEO for a long time to know what you're talking about. Well, honestly, you don't. You just have to know what you're talking about. And the way that people are communicating, though, is very short term. And it's because a lot of them are selling courses that they're gurus and that they're experts, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not thinking about the brand. They're thinking about things in terms of like, I do it with affiliate marketing, so everybody else should too. But what does an affiliate marketer do when their site crashes? because of bad advice or because they were tricking the system. They go build another site. Yep. But if you work for a major brand, you can't afford that. So a lot of people are getting the tutelage of people who, if their stuff blows up, they go get more stuff. When a lot of people, if they're an in-house, or you're an agency, or you work for a great company, or you're building a company or a startup, if that degrades because you try to cut a corner, you know, it's not that simple. I mean, you can ruin people's lives, absolutely, um, and and that's what we're seeing, unfortunately. I mean, go back, go back and go back to web.archive.org on all these blogs. Yeah, watch watch those posts change. Watch those example sites; they change. You know why? Because the old ones die, and they replace them with new
2: ones. You don't want that in your life. It's no, not a no, good. It's not a good thing. No, <laughs> you know, and all <laughs> the things don't out- outsmart the system. Right? Why? You no, know, align. Yes. But if you align yourself with the goals of what Google, and Google's goal is to make yes. their, not their uh, customers, those are the ones who are seeking for information, to make it the best experience that there is. So if you align your goals with the goals from Google, you're not fighting against them. You're not on, trying to outsmart them. Right. You're going with the flow. And quite honestly, if you go with the flow with the current is, you usually get further than if you're (laughs) trying to swim against the tide. Exactly.
1: I mean, I always say it's like, you know, there's a speed limit. Well, in most in most places, there's a speed limit. Right. And there's Mm. rules of the road. And, you know, if you're really savvy and you know your path, like you said, you can get there relatively quickly and consistently. If you decide you're going to drive 180 miles an hour or Whatever that is, two three hundred kilometers now, right? And you're gonna get there faster, right? But every once in a while, you're gonna kill somebody, um, and 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 or yourself, um, and 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 that is what we see so much, and it's it, it, it's a shame because I think it influences people's perspectives of content marketing, demand gen, um, and and SEO when really there's a there's a strong base of ultra intelligent people in the SEO world that just they hustle and, and they do a great job and they perform, you know, they're either their businesses, if they're an in-house or, you know, as an agency lead, you know, they represent their, their companies. Right. Right. Um, but then there's always going to be a uh, uh, black apples, as I say.
0: Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so when you're not trying to outsmart Google and you are, you're trying to align your goals with Google goals, as Mark just was explaining very, very clearly. Um, you, you're going to need to have the right content. And that's where you come in. Um, yeah. And that's what we wanted to talk about. So yeah, um, talking
2: about taming the content beast.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so um, I was just thinking because you, you need to decide which content works. Which mm-hmm. contents works for you? How do I produce that content? So, um, you have uh, you have written a, a blog about it, which I read. I think back in May, mm-hmm. um, called the Content Inventory Analysis: uh, Three Decision Making Metrics, which you can find on the Market Muse website. It's, I think it's from May. So, for people that want to find it back, the whole uh, story they, they can find it on your on your website. The
2: twenty seventh of May to be more precise. The
0: twenty seventh of May, so people will will find it there. Um, can you can you explain to us what that whole analysis is about and what how because it's it's intriguing to read what kind of metrics you're using. So so, enlighten us.
1: I love it. No, that's that's one of my favorite. I actually shared that post this morning with one of the. I won't do a name drop but one of the most amazing SEOs in the whole wide world um and who is a marketing a, a, a client and uh, they asked a question about this specific thing um and so what I'll, I'll do a brief evaluation of the content inventory cuz some people don't even know what that is but mm-hmm. a, a lot of times I'll ask somebody do you do content inventories and they're like no what is that right or they'll say yeah like once a year it takes forever um And I'll say, well, what if you could have that on demand, right? So you can always on. And they're like, that doesn't even compute. Like it's so far ahead of their brain space. It's like, I can't even imagine that I could possibly have that. And then the question comes like, why? Um, People really historically, they'll try to grab all the content they have, but it really ends up being a bunch of URLs and data points that are associated with the pages. They're not actually reading the pages. They're not actually analyzing the content underlying underneath they're looking at like you mentioned some meta information they're looking typically if they're doing a good job traffic um they're not able to cluster those content items into buckets unless it's like by a directory structure but overall that's effectively what a content inventory is and a content inventory or audit the yield on that is um keep update or kill on every page and then it may identify a collection of stuff we need to do right Is the update because it's outdated content? Is it updated because it wasn't good in the first place? Or is it update because there's an opportunity to align the content with today's intent or to make it better, right? That's kind of the update cadence uh, or, or sequencing. The create is we're missing something. And then on both of those, I always like to say the inventory, though, a great inventory tells the why. It gives you the power to align with the rest of your team on the why you would create or the why you would update. And so what Market Muse provides is the why. It's the why should we? Why should we create an article on that topic? And why should we update these pages? But it also gives you an easy way of doing ROI justified content strategy. So this blows people's brains, right? It's like, oh my God, what? I can actually just, I don't have to make stuff up. I don't have to use, uh, you know, some sort of subjective perspective, right? And so editorial teams aren't used to this, right? Editorial teams are like, I we should write this because I've been doing this for 20 years and I, I say so, right? And then you've got the, the content marketer and they're like, oh, uh, search volume's high. So we should write this. That's an illusion. We can talk <laughs> about this. Um, and then the other one's like, this seems like it's bottom of the, this is demand gen. This seems like it's bottom of the funnel. So we should write this because it'll convert into leads. Right? Bottom so of this, the funnel content. <laughs> that's that's the circle of pain that we talk to. It's, I said so. It's search volume is the ultimate metric. And then it's, I can get leads from this, All right. And so what we've done is completely lit that entire thing on fire and thrown it in the air and then shot it with a big, you know, Gatling gun. Um, and so the... Uh, the, the various evaluation points there is looking at the, reading the content. Is it good for the topics that it's covering? And when I say good, is it written by an expert? All right. But so now take that at the entire site level. What does that tell you? So we have the only in-market metric for topical authority. And uh, so topical authority is basically telling us how good are we at covering this topic with the content that we have? When we cover it, do we have enough of it? That's my breadth. So think about across and down. Now, depth. When we cover this topic, do we cover it well? Do we cover it like a subject matter expert would? And has historically that led to us having high quality content that has momentum? And has it acquired off-page value? So the traditional uh, authority metrics for links. We have our own metrics for that. So if you combine links as well as content, volume, quality, Um, and authoritativeness. That's what the yield in our terms is our metric for authoritativeness worth topic authority. How how much of a significant competitive advantage do I have on this particular topic? This is critical in being able to predict accurately how much content one needs to create or update on any given topic um, and have that actually manifest as a successful plan. So that's number one. Uh, I'll stop there. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If I I can do like a a small, I try always to make a sort of small summary. So Mm -hmm. if I get the whole thing. So -hmm. what you've actually done is you've translated or transformed a more like content cleansing bureaucratic procedure. Mm -hmm. You shall survive. You, I still do not know, and you have to go. You have to die. Uh, make that a consideration. And now you've changed that in an, in a ju- um, value nugget search to see what is really the great value of your content. So let's call them the ten x of your content in the whole ocean of all kinds of content that there is. You can really pick out the nuggets and therefore the value of what your content is is will be rising because you've picked it out and you can nurture that part and so you're going from a bureaucratic approach to much more like a value seeking approach is that is that a um,
1: you, you hit it right on the nose i got a little chills there because i've never described it that way well, the, the, the 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 flip side of that is a lot of teams content inventories will make really bad decisions yeah. because they're, not, they're looking at pages as individual assets only. You've got to look at them as an entire site or sections or buckets that relate to a concept as well. So this this one page that's high quality and it answers a specific question and it is covering this topic well, but maybe it just doesn't generate a lot of direct traffic. It may be part of a little cluster that has a, main page that gets a lot and if you were to pull that piece away or or delete it the whole inf- the whole cluster will degrade we've got to protect our teams from making that bad decision i like to say it's the cluster is the whole the whole mouth or the face each one of those pages is a tooth don't rip the jaw out but don't pull the teeth out either right and so what we try to make sure of is that people know how well they cover this topic and how much breadth of coverage is, and what the what's the whole cluster look like? Um, so you may have underperforming pages that are great. You may have underperforming pages that are poor. Um, you may have underperform. You have you may have low quality pages that perform well. Maybe they generated a ton of off-page factors. You got to level those up. So that what does that do in a, in a content inventory process? That gives you quick wins. The quick wins are fun. You do them, you win, you're like, yay, this works, right? But then it also gives you the advisory on it where you have to do a lot of work to win. I'll give you a little quick anecdote um, using this technology. So that's competitive advantage or topical authority. Another metric that we use is called personalized difficulty. And this is really, MarketMuse is the only person that does this, only business that does this. Um, and it, that also looks at quality as part of this evaluation. So what we do is we look at how hard is the competitive landscape generally. We look at their off-page factors for this specific topic only, right? And then we look at how well they cover the topic. With the So what does everybody else do? They just look at links. They go, number one has lots of links. Number two has lots of links. Number three has not so many links. I have okay amount of links. So thus I can come in third. By the way, it doesn't work that way. So we include the content they create. By the way, that's literally the process that's advocated by half of the touts online. What I just said is called competitive cohorting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so then they'll say, okay, well, that's it. What we do is we look at all the content by these folks, how well they cover, and their off page stuff. And then that's our difficulty metric. It's better than any other difficulty metric. And then we rev that up like crazy by personalizing it by your competitive advantage. And that gives you how predictive our metrics going to be. And it also tells you how much content you need to create. So it actually will tell you, you just have to update this page and it'll grow. Or you've got a whole, you, you typically write about guitars. um, You, you're not going to really rank well for a, you know, a a post about what beer you were drinking last week. Right. You're completely (laughs) off base. So and, uh, you know, that's that and that's where we give you that topical authority that drives the predictability. Um, it also gives you the ability to say how much how much content needs to be created or updated um, and how predictable. Because the predictability is important, because if you don't have any content about that on your site, I always say, OK, we're going to look at marksblog.com. He's never written anything about it, but he decides he's going to write this 10,000 word post about the brand new iPhone. Good job. Congratulations. It's the best review anyone's ever written. But you're not going to rank. You're not with that brand new post. But if you throw that same blog on Cnet, it's going to rank. All right? Yeah. Marketing okay. uses the why. And the, and the why isn't just links. No. If anyone tells you that it's just links, just give him my phone number or call tell them to send me a note on Twitter. Um and uh or email. <laughs> and, and and so that's basically the 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 two of the three. So it's imagine my advantage how much work I need to do. What's the third part? Money. It's 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 Euros. I'd rather have Euros some days than dollars.
0: <laughs> I can imagine well, that at the moment.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I want anything right now. I want some Shiba coin or something like that, right? Um, so the um uh the the dollars, it's unrealized value. So if you associate pages and collections of pages to words or topics. Each one of the, winning on any one of those topics is worth an amount of money to you, right? If you're a affiliate, maybe it's the average RPM of your blog. Um, maybe you just want to use replacement PPC. If I had to go buy this traffic, how much would it cost, right? That's our default. You can program your own yep. um, metrics in. Um, but if you look at all the words that you're about and you want to rank for it and you add all those together, that's your potential value. For this page, Um, that's based on how much traffic you can get. So what we provide is your unrealized value. How much? How hard is it going to be for you to rank? What's your competitive advantage? And when you have that triangle, you can go to your CMO and say, "I need forty thousand dollars to create thirty-two pages and update seven, um, and I need them to all be high quality." And if we do this, I'm very, very confident we're going to win and grow against these end competitors. And the problem in SEO and content
0: is no one's doing that. So they're not getting the money they need. Right. It's very, very hard to to adjust or to predict what what kind of budget you need. It's all very... Um, a, a very project-based. Let's say it's it's fo- one month focus on this, the next month focus right. on that. There is no, like, that, there's not like a system or a process behind it. And that's, I think, great that that you um uh, deliver, uh, uh, will basically deliver a, a software or a service like this because that was one of the questions I had because I'm a very practical guy, so mm-hmm. I'm always thinking, you know, what does this in practice look? What does your software look like? What do I get? When I, I, I subscribe to to Market Muse because um, I've seen you have a seven day free trial so uh, of course I should have done that before but I did, just didn't have the seven days I had holidays yeah. uh, so I'm 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 a little lazy I'll admit but what an um, excuse what an excuse <laughs> anyway so I, I was on the on the beach in Crete and I wasn't feeling like doing a, a, your trial at, the, at that time so but anyways I'm, I'm a practical I want to know what what do I get when I subscribe to your service.
1: Well, you know, the your first step, so what we do, is we like to phase someone in based on the workflows that they're used to, and then we get them to the workflows they're not used to, but blo- that are amazing, right? Um, so the, the what I call it, that, that's like um, uh, in product uh, management language, which is what I spent a great deal of my career doing in product management. Um, that's maturity, right? It's the, your maturity, it's something you've seen it done before. This does it better. You know that this is something that people want to do. And so the first thing you might encounter is MarketMuse Optimize. And MarketMuse Optimize, it gives you a view of a page. The page can be a draft. You can write right in there, or you can pull it. You can actually fetch it, right, from the web. And what MarketMuse is going to give you is information on how to make this page better. But it's not how to make it stuffed with words. It's telling you that if an expert would have written this article on this topic, what are the concepts would they, that they would have naturally included? It also gives you a competitive reference for everybody else who's performing. Um, it tells you how they covered the topic, maybe ways that you can differentiate yourself from them and um, maybe things that nobody's thinking about today that Marketing Muse says is relevant. So if you're going to cover content marketing uh, strategy and You don't talk about buyer personas or target audiences. Are you really an expert or are you just an SEO person, right? And so those are the things that Market Muse gives you insights on at the page level or at the competitive landscape level. You can have a direct access to our topic modeling environment. So you can research any topic and say, what does it mean to be an expert on this? Um, And it'll give you that. We also have point solutions for questions or intent analysis um, and internal and external linking recommendations. So a lot of people's first experience with MarketMuse is like do-it-yourself stuff, which Mm -hmm. is that. We also have a wing of the business, of of the platform that relates to content brief creation. So you can actually build an outline using our AI technology for your page. After you've decided you're going to create it, it actually will build candidate outlines. You can approve them, submit, and then you get this beautiful brief that you can share with your writer. Um, and they don't have to go to the platform. You just hit share, they get a brief, right? And then if they know it's a single source of truth. So if they write on that article and they meet these guidelines, they can be creative and they can focus on the work they want to do. Let your writers write, let your subject matter experts actually be creative. Um, and that's what we enable on that side. The last piece is the content inventory. The content inventory is what we talked about. It's all your, all your pages, all your topics, all your stuff. And my favorite feature of this, we already talked about uh, root value, personalized difficulty and topic authority. But one of my favorite things that you can do is you can actually bring your own words with you. So we analyze your site and tell you what you're about already. We read all your content. We build out all the, it's called the topic universe generation process, You can actually take your own word list and plop it in there. And it will evaluate all those words too on the same metrics so like you can put you know on your on your website about guitars you can actually put you know the uh um, you know netherlands uh amsterdam bars in there is you're going to get a negative authority score and it's going to tell you you got to build
0: an entire section of your site yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> making it very clear so um you know this this is, is is some great advice for our listeners and i really encourage them to uh to to let's to get that trial because yeah you know it's not sponsored in any way but i'm i'm always pointing out those those uh, things so um and i think you know you have to experience this to uh, to really get the potential see what it can do for you and i love the way you made it accessible through a free trial because a lot of those uh, solutions are not uh they're available in a free trial but you know i, I, I go go ahead and we'll share the link in the show notes awesome. um Mark, do you have anything left to, uh, because well, I I, 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 I uh, sense that you have a question here. No,
2: you know, question, <laughs> the thing is, is I, I think this is amazing. First of all, uh, and why do I think this is amazing? Because a lot of things is content is important. You've got content, marketing, content, content, everything is content. But a lot of people, a lot of organizations regard that as a a a way just to put out more and more junk.
0: It's like a production guideline. Yeah, it's a
2: production, (laughs) but it's very technical. And the thing that came in my mind, I usually use metaphors. What I was thinking, and maybe it's completely out of the way, off limits, I was thinking about a, a runner, a runner, and that person did not succeed. And what we're doing, we're blaming the shoes, it's a technical part. The shoes, the shoes, I did not succeed because the shoes aren't good. So let's get other shoes. But it is not, you're calling it like a cluster. It's mm. There are multiple things that are important. It's not just the shoes. It's your training program. It's your coach. It's the altitude of, and all the things. And, and what you do is we get the Hassans, all the experts, the very good runners, and you put that in your uh, artificial intelligence. And so you're going to tell the runner, these are the things that you have to do. Don't blame it, the shoes, but these are all the aspects. And what is your personal difficulty part? What's your competitive advantage in comparison with the others? And what is the no the on uh, what was it the value that the unrealized, unrealized value yeah, unrealized value yeah. you, you can you can get this you can you can come to the higher altitudes and that combined that makes that you go from the whole content part what is more like a technical and more us uh we have to we are the ones that decide it's not good but what's based on that that's just looking at the shoes. And what you're saying is, it's the value of the total part. And even if you don't have a lot of views, that doesn't mean that it's not not valuable. And we often say, it's not really useful to have 1,000 leads if only 100 of them are really worthwhile. That's what we're saying in the beginning. Try to validate your leads And if there are only 100 good ones, get that very in a very early stage so that you forget about the 900 because that will just cost you time and effort and focus on the ones that are really good. And that's what you're saying with content. So quite honestly, thank you, because with your system, you are able to cut out the junk of content, make the really good ones, focus on that. And you will succeed because the whole SEO part, that will follow because you created great content What Google wants to provide to their uh, persons, And therefore you'll see SEO stuff is being taken care of.
1: Absolutely, one of our biggest metrics that we work with teams on is content efficiency. Um, so that'd be like runner efficiency in your example, yeah. right? How many races do they enter? How many do they get in the top 10, right? Well, in our case, how often do you create content or update content and have it achieve the goals? Um, That efficiency rate on average is like 10% for most teams. Now imagine what that does for their cost, the real cost. They think that they're paying 200 bucks a page. They're actually paying 2000 per effective page. Same thing you were just discussing, but what it also unlocks. And I think you've touched on, I love the metaphor. I'm going to steal it by the way. Um, I love the metaphor. (laughs) um, Because the key to market muse is that runner that elite marathon runner the stuff in their head is the most valuable stuff of all if nothing else and so i want to put them in a situation where they all they've got to think, all they've got to worry about is running their best race and using their brain and what we've tr- historically done is we've asked great writers to do keyword research we've asked great writers to be seo's i don't want them to be i want them to be great writers And that's the end of the story.
2: Yeah, Yeah. right. We're all about people. It's not tech. We're the Martech technology marketing technology podcast, but it's all about people. Right. And the tools, the technology to assist us to be even better, marketers or people or whatever.
0: Great, yeah. great conclusion, Mark. Yeah, so so we're, we're going to leave it to that. And uh, we're going to have you write blogs on metaphors, you know, <laughs> shouting out the metaphors. That's, that's, but, you know, J- J- it was great having you. Um, we, we might have you back in future because, you know, you 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 have so much to share. So this is just a, a tip of of what you, what, you, what you can share with us. Um, thank you very much. Um, We will share a link to your uh, LinkedIn profile, your Twitter profile, and and your website, of course, so people know where to find you, find a trial uh, uh, if they they should want to. Um, And again, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Thanks again. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum@marketingguys.nl. at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.